People who are committed, they don't make excuses. If they say they're going to do something, they keep that promise to themselves. It is the people who are just kind of interested in it and they don't have a really strong reason why. That's when I see a lot of the excuses pop up. This is a joyful rebellion. The podcast that explores that moment you realize the life and success you worked so hard to create didn't come with all the fulfillment you thought it would. I'm your host, James Walters, and I want you to be the author of your own story. Each week, I connect with people who inspire bold answers to the question, what do I do now to create a life I love? If you're ready to start answering that question for yourself, you're in the right place. So let's start a joyful rebellion. Long ago, I read a quote that at the time was only slightly annoying, but since then has continued to gnaw away at my sense of complacency while also allowing me to experience the fun feelings of self-directed shame and disappointment. I mean, who wouldn't sign up for that, right? The quote goes like this, you're either making progress or you're making excuses. And a lot of us have heard that it's not a new concept but it's a brutal truth that doesn't leave much room for our BS. So fast forward to a text I received recently from my own health and fitness coach, checking in on my progress. And I thought to myself, what progress? All I've got are excuses. And that's how this episode came into existence. Today's guest is David McCray, a health and wellness coach who has heard his fair share of excuses over the years. And we talk about why we sometimes make excuses instead of progress, and most importantly, what we can do about it. So let's jump right into my conversation with David. Welcome to A Joyful Rebellion. I wanted to talk with you about excuses because you are in a unique position to hear a lot of them. And I want to let you walk anyone listening through what it is you do to help people transform themselves. And that will give them a really clear idea of, oh yeah, I can totally see how he would hear a ton of excuses. So tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we'll jump into the rest of what we want to talk about. And when it comes to excuses, how you see people overcome them and, and all that good stuff. James, I, I really appreciate you having me on. People are going to take a lot away from this. So what I do is I'm a coach. I work with primarily guys, 40 plus who want to get strong, lean, and pain-free. I help guys not only with their training, but also the nutrition and the mindset part of it. So this is kind of a holistic approach to health and wellness. And if you've ever been on your own health and fitness journey, which James, I know you have, excuses <laughs> pop up, man. <laughs> it is part of the game. I've heard them all. And it, it's really my job to help people work through those excuses and see them for what they really are. Yeah. Well, full disclosure, you and I worked together last year, which is what brought this topic up for me, because I think you heard them all from me. <laughs> Most likely, <laughs> you know, I was in it to win it, but I, I just wanted to give that full disclosure. So if anyone wonders, well, uh, James must be good at this excuses thing. No, James is, is really good at this excuses thing. You have no idea. That leads me into talking about what it is you see from the transition of someone wanting to get started on their health journey. I would imagine there's a whole different set of excuses like, I don't have time, I don't have the money, don't want to get equipment at home, and I don't want to join a gym, you know, whatever that is from the time that they actually decide to commit to their health journey. 
I would imagine a whole bunch of other excuses pop up. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about the phases of someone who is thinking about starting to get better. And like you said, men over 40, we're we're the freaking worst. I'm just I'll say it. The guys that I know who take their health journey seriously, they're into it. They don't have the excuses, but the ones who haven't thought about it yet, maybe they haven't had that big medical issue yet. Maybe their doctor hasn't looked at them and said, yeah, you got like three or four years if you don't get out from in front of your desk or whatever it is that's uh, doing them in. But yeah, guys over 40 were pretty stubborn and, uh, and we need help. <laughs> we need help to get this right. So let's dive into people, guys, ladies, whoever it is of any age, people who haven't quite figured out that their lifestyle isn't going in a great direction. And maybe one of their friends said, Hey, you should talk to David and maybe you guys should just have a conversation, evaluate where you are, see where you could be. What do you hear from those folks? What do I hear from the people who are you know, just starting to think about it? Yeah. They're starting to realize, you know, I can't keep up with my five-year-old anymore. My five-year-old wants to go play. I go up or down the, the set of stairs to the park. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to sit here and watch them play. And I'm going to scroll on my phone. So I guess that person who has a good sense of where their health journey is headed and is interested. And I guess the great word here would be interested because there's a big difference between being interested and being committed to something. And I guess I want to talk about that group of people who are in the interested category. Okay. W would you place yourself in that group, James? Yeah. When we got together last year, I, I think I was so hyped to do it. I would definitely categorize my level of energy as interested. There are a lot of things I did commit, you know, committed some time, committed the financial part of it. And committed to the momentum. I did not hit the momentum. And then of course I broke my hand. So I see that's an excuse too. I could have done leg day for the next three months. Yeah. I think the way you put it was, uh, your, your life was like a country song at that point in time. God almighty. Yeah. It very much was to make the distinction between people who are interested in starting to work out, interested in starting to make a, a positive change in their health and the people who are actually committed to it. People who are committed to it, they don't have this issue. They don't make excuses. If they say they're going to do something, they keep that promise to themselves. It is the people who are just kind of interested in it, and they don't have a really strong reason why. That's when I see a lot of the excuses pop up. So the example that you gave of somebody who can't keep up with their, their kid anymore, and they want to chase them around the park, but they just don't have the energy to do so. That's heartbreaking. And when you experience that, you want to get out of that. You want to escape that feeling as much as possible. That pain is strong enough to overcome any kind of bullshit excuse that you can come up with. The people who are making excuses, it's usually the people who have superficial goals. They want to look better when they take their shirt off at the pool. There's nothing wrong with that goal, but when it comes down to it and you're faced with, you've had a long day at work, you've been taking care of the kids, you've been cleaning the house all day, and it comes time to take care of yourself. If your only goal, if your only focus is to get leaner, get a six pack so you can look good at the beach, that is not going to be strong enough to keep you from making excuses. When we look at excuses for what they really are, it's just our way of deflecting these negative feelings that we have about ourselves. So if we have the goal to, you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds before the summer, 
So on Monday, I'm going to start working out. Monday rolls around. You have a long day of work. Again, you're, you're chasing after the kids, everything. And you start coming up with all the reasons why. You would feel bad if you made this promise to yourself to work out and you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. But if you can make an excuse and place the blame elsewhere, oh, it's too cold outside. I'm not going to go for a walk. Well, now it's the weather's fault. It's not your fault. So <laughs> yeah. you can feel comfortable in the choice that you made and you know, kind of displace that that shame or guilt that you would have. That's a good point because it sounds like when people do give excuses about anything, there's usually something uncomfortable they are trying to avoid. And until they're willing to work with that level of discomfort in order to reach their goals, they're always going to be giving excuses. Would you say that's pretty true? Yeah, spot on. And if you really want to grow, getting uncomfortable is part of it. Now, you don't have to be a glutton for punishment. You don't have to be the David Goggins type who is... Duh, that running. guy, man. Yeah. He's he, scary. He motivates a lot of people, but yeah. that's not realistic for... 95% of the people. That's not what's going to keep people healthy. That's not what's going to keep people moving better and feeling better and able to chase their grandkids around the backyard. Okay. We've established that the people who are interested, those are the ones making the excuses because maybe they've got a reason that's not compelling enough to take the kind of action they need. Excuses are like the lies we tell ourselves that sabotage the future we want in favor of the present comfort we have. So it's like, I want this thing but I don't really want it bad enough to be uncomfortable. And this podcast, of course, is about getting uncomfortable because sometimes comfort is what gets people to a point in their lives where they are able to look around and say, yeah, I don't like this. This is not good anymore. And there's so much that's comfortable nowadays. There's the food is so comfortable and so addictive and the way that we work is so comfortable. A lot of us can work from anywhere so we can create the environment we want. We don't have to be outside if we don't want to. We've got all the climate control. We've got a lot of things that make us comfortable. And it seems that comfort is what takes us farther away from our goals. So I want to talk to you now about people you've seen, some of your clients who have gone from that stage of maybe being comfortable to having a really compelling reason to get uncomfortable and the changes you see in them from going from being interested in giving excuses to being committed and the excuses just kind of fall away. Like you said, it, it, they're not blaming the weather anymore for being the weather. It's weather's going to do weather, right? They figure <laughs> out some other way. So tell some stories if you have some about people you've seen make that leap from interested to committed. I kind of want to backtrack here just a little bit mm -hmm. because when people are interested in making a change, let's say they go from completely sedentary, they wake up one day and they realize, man, I'm 20 pounds overweight. My knees hurt. My back hurts every time I get out of bed. Something has to change. And then they go on Instagram and they start looking up workout routines and they see this guy doing some crazy push-up variation that only 1% <laughs> of the population can do, right? Right. Pinky push-up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they think, all right, this guy's shredded. So if I want to get where he's at, I need to go all in. I need to work out five times a week. I need to cut out all this junk food, all this comfort food that I've been leaning on. And they try to go from zero to a hundred like that. Mm -hmm. 
And that never works. Yeah, I can testify before Congress. That never works. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's when the excuses start to come is when you set these unrealistic expectations for yourself. And then you try to jump from first step to the 10th the step without making all those gradual improvements in between. So I have had clients who have made excuses and they were able to overcome it. I actually worked with a guy who was in the military. He hurt his back while he was in the military. Now he's been out for 20 plus years now. Mm -hmm. He's got a son who's grown. And when we started working together, he hadn't done leg exercises in 20 years because he had hurt his back. He was making this excuse for himself saying, I'm not going to train my legs because I don't want to hurt my back anymore. I don't want to make this problem any worse, which is logical, right? We don't want to hurt ourselves. Mm -hmm. But by not training his legs, by not focusing on strengthening the hips, strengthening the core, his back was not getting any better. It took a little bit of convincing for him to buy into this plan that, hey, I'm going to set up this workout for you. It's going to be safe. It's going to be efficient. It's going to be effective. And by the end of this, you're going to be moving and feeling better. Yeah, because his thought was, if I move anything around that area that's giving me trouble, then I'm going to mess it up. But where you were coming from is, yeah, you know, all those things are connected to that area and they are not pulling their weight or whatever it might be that he was actually doing more damage by being gentle with it. Exactly. Okay. Um, exactly like you were talking about before, he was doing everything that he could to avoid this discomfort, mm. which he didn't want to do any more damage, which I get. But the way we were able to go about it in a safe and efficient way, you know, he was the kind of guy who would take his family to an event and he would sit on the sidelines. He would take pictures. He wouldn't participate. He didn't want to hold his family back if they were doing like a, a family fun run or something like that. And after we were able to work together, he had that mindset shift to lean more into the discomfort and get to the root cause of the pain. Fast forward two years later, he just signed up for a 50 mile ruck next year, which Whoa. for people who don't know, that's, you know, just basically hiking with a, a backpack on. Okay. So he was able to overcome these excuses and completely change his quality of life. He's able to participate in these family events, go hiking with his wife every day. And it's something that if he would have stuck with the comfort, he, he would have never overcome his back pain. So if we were going to take a quick inventory of his experience, he spent 20 years avoiding the discomfort of doing the thing he had to do to, to make his problem go away after the injury. And then he spent about two years seeking a different way and actually doing the work and letting go of the excuses of keeping this area of his body, you know, not creating any discomfort there. And now he, he probably still experiences some pain, I would imagine, but nothing like he used to. Would exactly. that be accurate? Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. So 20 years of, of kind of trying to manage it to two years of going into the discomfort to now going on 50 mile hikes with stuff on your back. Right. That's pretty dramatic difference. Yeah. And this guy had multiple back surgeries. He's had spinal fusions. So his excuse, we'll call it, was justified. Yeah, it was legit. But it seemed like there was more in life for him after that. He just had to figure out he had to honestly, he had to connect with the right person to tell him it was okay to do it. Because if your excuse is I don't know how to not jack up my back if I'm doing all these other things. Well, that's legit. You don't want to 
do any more damage. But if you've got someone there telling you, hey, we can make this work, then it's on you to figure out if it's an excuse or not. Right. Even though some excuses can be justified, you got to work through them for sure. When you have someone like that who goes from that interested stage and they have a compelling enough reason to get uncomfortable, what are some of the ways, like you said before, you work with a lot of people about their mindset? And mindset can be everything when it comes to committing to a goal, working through the discomfort of making that goal happen. But then there's that little in-between time where you're committed, you start to see the results. Then that first little thing comes up. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's a pulled muscle. Not really a setback, but maybe they can't work out three times a week at that point. Maybe they pulled something in their leg and they have to do arms and core for a little while. What are some things that you see with people that helps them keep momentum and helps them once they do move over into that committed category, helps them avoid just saying, oh, pulled a muscle. I can't work out for two weeks until it's healed. Then they fall off the wagon, so to speak. That's a great question because I'm thinking of all of my most successful clients, all the guys who I work with and they get the best results. The common denominator there is that they're able to hit that restart button. It's not that these people who are so successful don't have anything pop up in their life that's throwing them off course. It's that when they do get thrown off course, they work to get back on track as quickly as possible. My mom was in the hospital earlier this year and I didn't work out for like a week and a half. I was Mm. traveling every day to go see her, but I was able to get back on track because moving my body, this is something that I need not only for the physical benefits, but for the mental aspect. This is my stress relief. This is my meditation time. And when people start to think about their exercise and their health that way and the the benefits that they get from it, all of the serotonin release, all of the feel-good hormones you get after a workout, these are the things that are going to drive long-term consistency. It's not, I want to look good at the beach with my shirt off. That's not compelling enough to get you started again after you've fallen off. Hmm. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that, and I've experienced that. And I'm wondering, beyond feeling responsible for being there for your family, like if you've got kids, if you've got responsibilities, what are some of the most compelling reasons that some of your clients have communicated to you? The majority of my clients have one single goal, and that is to look, move, and feel as good as they can for the long haul. Everything in this program is viewed through this lens of longevity. We're not doing something to just help you get a bigger chest or bigger arms. That's part of it, but the whole goal is for you to be able to chase your grandkids around the backyard, walk to the mailbox when you're 80 years old. This long-term approach is really what's going to keep you consistent with training. And to answer your other question of of how do I help people overcome these excuses that they have? Because we could talk about excuses all day long. There's no shortage of them. Oh, we're going to hit your favorite top five in just a minute. (laughs) I think everybody's going to have their own unique excuses. But to overcome that, you need to have a plan that's excuse-proof. And a lot of people, when they have a goal of losing weight, getting into shape, they don't have a plan at all. They think, all right, well, I need to eat better. I need to work out more. What does that mean? (laughs) You don't know any more than I do. If you don't have a plan, you're not going to be able to stick to the plan, right? And that's when the excuses start to pop off. When people do have a plan, a lot of times they'll go with the extreme version. They're going to cut their calories way back. They're going to cut entire food groups out. 
you know, keto, carnivore diet, all these crazy fad diets to help you lose 10 pounds in a month, that's not a long-term solution. You're setting yourself up for failure right off the bat by choosing these more extreme plans. Mm-hmm. If you want to quit making excuses, if you want to overcome that, work backwards and start at the root of the problem. If you're making excuses all the time, your plan is too much for you to handle or it's not the right plan for you. Uh, that's a really key thing because it just means you bit off more than you can chew and you made yourself too uncomfortable too quickly. Right. People have this idea working out harder, working out longer is going to get them quicker results. And that's just not the case. When it comes to building muscle, when it comes to losing fat, we want to take the slow and steady approach. Think of it like trying to get a a suntan. You don't want to go out and spend 10 hours in the sun on day one. (laughs) Right. Especially if you look like me. Yeah. But if you spend 30 minutes a day outside over the course of the week, over the course of the month, you have a nice golden tan. That's kind of the same approach you need to take with your fitness and your health. Your plan needs to be simple. It needs to be sustainable and it needs to be something you can see yourself doing forever. Yeah. If you spend 10 hours out in the sun, you end up in the hospital not looking good. I've heard that related when it comes to exercise, when it comes to a lot of things is something I read called the minimum effective dose. Like you don't have to go do a thousand pushups a day to have good triceps or work on your chest. It can be whatever's right for you when it comes to that minimum effective dose. Like you said, with the suntan analogy, it does no good to go past that point. So that's really good for people to hear because when you do go on social media, when you go on YouTube, you're seeing the extremes. You're seeing the person who went from 600 pounds down to 250 and he's jacked, or you're seeing this actor had to be really large and fluffy for this role. And then I think Matthew McConaughey is one where he got really, really skinny and emaciated looking. And then he got had to get jacked for another role that was like a year or so later. It's like, look at this comparison. But the thing they don't tell you is what happened between all of that. And what you're saying is if we try to go from zero to 100, you're going to put yourself in such an uncomfortable place such an unknown place, especially if you don't have a plan that you're going to say, oh, this is way too hard. This sucks. I don't want it that bad is basically what you're saying to yourself. I've said it to myself. I'm guilty, totally guilty. So I can relate to it. I can understand it. And that leads me to, I just want to tongue in cheek, just kind of fun. What are some of your top five excuses you've heard from people? I've got mine. I would love to hear yours first. Okay. Like the top five I've given or fi- top yeah, let's, five? Of- let's just, let's give like top two or three Okay, that, that you like. Okay. What are your personal favorites? That I've given about not wanting to work out? Right. Oh, man. I have to narrow it down to two or three. <laughs> I could go on for days. These are excuses I give myself, not necessarily anyone else, but ones that I give myself. Yeah, the weather's got a big play in that because I love to walk. I love to be outside. If it's under 50 degrees, I'm like, you know, it's North Carolina here. It'll be... It'll be 70 tomorrow, probably. It doesn't matter what time of year. There's a good chance one or two days of the week are going to be 70, and I'll, I'll go out then. So that's the excuse I give. Yeah, not today. Not Today's not looking good. It's a little cloudy. So yeah, that's ridiculous. And then the I don't feel like it part creeps in hard for me because I will be honest, I hate the way it feels to workout, to do a crunch, to do just a repetitive and I get bored easily with it. So all of that kind of comes down into, yeah, I just don't feel like it today. Mm -hmm. Today becomes tomorrow, becomes next week, becomes three years from now. And I'm at the same place, which I'm really starting to identify that in my life and in all sorts of things, 
a lot more. But yeah, that I don't feel like it creeps in pretty hard for me. That's the thing. There's shame around saying that out loud to someone else. You know, I probably wouldn't say, I don't feel like it. I would say I've got so many errands. I've got a full to-do list. I've got, you know, all these other things that I'm going to place more importance on or prioritize more because that's really what excuses are, right? It's just a deprioritization of whatever your goal is. If I said to myself, yeah, I'm going to deprioritize my health today. I probably think about it a little differently because that doesn't sound great, but saying, oh yeah, I've got all of these errands to run and I've got all this huge to-do list and there's no room in it for a workout. You're essentially saying the same thing. But yeah, that w- those would be my top two weather and just not feeling like it, which are kind of the same thing. It's just a blaming the weather is crazy, which is why I laughed so much earlier because <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, those, those are great excuses and very common too. So I've got a couple. We can dig into any of these if you want to, but I think the biggest excuse that people have is I don't have the time. Another one is I don't feel comfortable. I don't have a plan. I don't have directions. When you just have a vague idea of what you want to do, you, you plan on going into the gym and winging your workout. It's a hell of a lot easier to skip it than saying, all right, well, this is my training plan today. I'm going to do these exercises Yeah, for this many reps, things like that. So not having a plan is a big one. People say they hate working out. They they hate exercise. If that's your mindset, you got to make a mindset shift or you're going to be fighting yourself forever. Yeah. Another big one is putting other people first. I I work with a lot of guys with families Mm -hmm. and this is a big one. They say, hey, I'm going to put my family first. And it seems like you're doing something noble. You know, yeah, <laughs> you're sacrificing yourself for your family. And you literally it, are in a way. You are. And yeah. it ends up doing the exact opposite of what you intended it to do because you're not showing up for your family as your best self. If you're constantly putting yourself last, you're going to have less energy. You're going to feel less confident. You're going to have more aches and pains. And then 30 years down the road, when your kids are grown and they have kids, that's when you realize <laughs> maybe my priorities were a little out of whack. Yeah, because it takes a while to come back from 30 years of complacency with your health and with your fitness. Definitely takes more effort, but it's not unrealistic. It's not impossible for sure. Yeah. So the time, that's a big thing. And also putting it off on other people that you are responsible for is a big one. Are there any others that are ridiculous and you have to sort of hide your smirk and be like, um, sure. Okay. I mean, I I can debunk all of these. Okay. Um, the, the time one, we're all busy. Everybody's busy. It comes down to not prioritizing your time. The people who say they don't have time to work out, we can pull up uh, screen time on their phone, how much time they spend on social media, on YouTube, things like that. You got the time. You're just not spending it where you should be. Yeah. And one of the big things I want to say in this episode, especially, is you are in the health and fitness space working with people to get their mindset right so that they can get their physical health right. But these excuses apply to everything. It applies to your finances. It applies to your job. Have you been in a job where you should have left that job 10 years ago, but you were comfortable and it made sense? You know what the coffee is going to be like when you get there. I've heard this quote and it, it keeps playing in my mind so often that people are willing to keep rolling with something bad just because it's familiar instead Mm. of going out there and doing something that's uncomfortable, something that's unfamiliar. 
and not knowing what the result is going to be, they're completely happy with staying comfortable in their bad situation. And that could be your body. Your your own body could be the bad situation. I know it is for me, or it feels like that sometimes. And when you do feel like you want to break out of that, you've got several things built into your program that help you keep people in that committed phase. I know you got a Facebook page and I want to talk to you about that. You got a group of people who are going for the same goal. They want to make their physical health and fitness better. Built into that are some check-ins, some accountability. Talk to us a little bit about things you put in place to help your clients keep the excuses at bay. I always like to start at the root cause. I want to eliminate excuses right off the bat if possible. If the training plan is too much for you, we can step that back. We can meet you where you're at so that you can start taking steps in the right direction. The accountability check-ins are a big part of success of the program. We check in every Sunday. We're able to go over what things went well this week so that you can start to reinforce these habits and build on these habits. We also talk about what kind of things were you struggling with? How can we overcome these struggles? Because when it comes to health and fitness, it's the same problems popping up for the same people. If it's you're busy or you got to take your kids to soccer practice or something like that, if that's a common occurrence, we can build your plan to overcome that right off the bat, mm-hmm. right? But the, the check-ins are something that if people are doing this on their own, it's something that they might not think about. And you miss out on a lot of progress along the way that you wouldn't have even realized. That's where a lot of people end up just going off the rails. They work out for three months and they're like, shit, I haven't made any progress. I look the same, but they haven't tracked anything along the way. They haven't taken any progress pictures. Maybe the only thing they're tracking is their weight on the scale. And then they've traded a bunch of fat for some muscle. And so they weigh the same. Exactly. So if if that's the only thing they're looking at in their mind, they put in all this hard work, all this effort, and they haven't made any changes. Mm -hmm. But if they're taking the progress pictures, if they're doing the weekly check-ins to realize that they're winning along the way, that's how you build momentum. And that's how you stick with it for the long haul. So with what you do specifically, what's your advice on when you transition from hitting your goal to just hitting maintenance? So what I mean by that is, let's say you have a person who's in that interested phase. They are 20 pounds overweight. They can't climb a flight of stairs without feeling a little winded. And you want to get them to the point where they are where they want to be. Let's say that takes a year and a half. At that year and a half mark where they are in the jeans they want, maybe they celebrated with a 5K and they're like, yeah, that was easy. What do they do then to not throw all that stuff away? Because at this point, they probably don't need as much direction in terms of what exercises to do to get them where they want to be because they are where they want to be. So how do they just maintain that over the long haul without life creeping in? Because one of the things, you know, we're talking about excuses and we're having this conversation at a time of year where a lot of excuses creep in. We got the holidays coming up and man, you can't, you can't tell grandma, like, I don't want one of your cookies because it's, it's grandma's cookies. Right. And that's gold right there. She made those just for you. So you're like, okay, just one. And then it's five. And then the excuse is, well, it's the holidays. Grandma. I mean, that's the excuse, right? 
But the reality is it, it may have set you back a little while. And I got off topic, but we're talking about like once your clients have hit that goal, what's your advice to them to keep it going for the long haul? That's a great question. And I don't think that when people set out on this health and fitness journey, that's not something that they think about. Mm -hmm. But the habits that you build, the routines that got you to your goal in the first place, that's what's going to make you successful in the long run. It's not a specific workout. It's not a specific diet plan. Anything will work as long as you're consistent with it. So starting from the beginning, before you even start working towards your goal, you need to think about what kind of habits are going to get you there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like to help my clients come up with the list of bare ass minimums, mm -hmm. BAMs. This is two or three things that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what kind of hectic, you know, it, it's, it's the holiday season. Everybody's cramped for time. This list of BAMs, this is things that you can do every single day. This is going to be different for everybody, but just off the top of my head, getting seven hours of sleep, that's something you can do every night or most nights, right? Mm -hmm. Eating two servings of protein with every meal, lifting weights three times a week. Mm -hmm. Those are my bare ass minimums. So, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. For somebody just starting out, it might be scaled back, but you need to have those fail safes in place. Mm. The plan that you use to lose the weight needs to be the plan on how you maintain that weight loss. So I'm not losing weight if I can't have grandma's cookies. That's going to be built into my weight loss plan because- yeah. I'm only going to get these Christmas cookies once a year. We don't know how many more years grandma's going to be around to make these cookies. So I'm going to enjoy the damn cookies, yeah. right? But you got to be intentional about it too. Have the cookies, enjoy the cookies. Don't just sit down with the tub of cookies and mindlessly eat <laughs> Yeah, because then you're doing yourself a disservice. So the plan needs to be simple enough that you can stick with it no matter what happens. And that's how you maintain it. That's good advice because everything that I've read on not only this subject, but all the subjects that are so important in life, like relationships and finances and career, it is incorporating those things into your lifestyle and not making it some goal that has a definite beginning and an end. Like, I want to go to Italy. Well, once you've been to Italy, that's in the past, right? But if you say, I want to be healthy you're not going to get to a point where you say, okay, I, I've been healthy long enough. I'm, I'm all set now. I'm going to let it go. Anyone listening who wants to know more about what you do, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? The best way for people to find me is going to be on Instagram. You can find me at McRaeSC. Okay. That's M-C-R-A-E-S-C. I've also got a ton of great resources for back pain, for sustained fat loss in my Facebook group. I've got a free Facebook group called The Lean Parent Project. You can find me there, request to join the group, and we'll get you all set up with some great free resources to get you started on your health and fitness journey. If you had 10 people join that group, is there something that five or six of them would have in common with each other? Being overweight is one, but also I work a lot with guys who are chronically stiff, tight, they're in pain, whether it be back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, and it keeps them from living the life that they want. I take the holistic approach 
We're working on everything from training to fitness to improving your mobility, how you move and feel, and essentially just improving the quality of life. Yeah, that's a good thing because a lot of people in their 40s, a lot of people who are parents, they've been going hard for a long time in their career, building their life, having their kids, doing all the things that, like you said, one of the excuses, I've got so many responsibilities. And then they look around and say, oh man, I can't wear any of the cool clothes anymore like I want to or man that uh, that hike around the zoo that put me out for like a day or two I've been sore then you start to think about it and you're like that shouldn't have made me sore that's weird so then they can call you and get some direction so David McRae I really appreciate you being here to talk to us about excuses to talk to us about the cure for excuses and joining us on this joyful rebellion. James, it's been fun, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to give a shout out to a longtime listener of the show, Todd. I know you're probably listening in your truck while making the magic happen somewhere along the Eastern seaboard. And I want to thank you for your support and encouragement. And for everyone else listening, if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, a guest suggestion, or just general feedback, I'd love to hear about it. Connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at a joyfulrebellion.com. See you next week.